Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with poet, spoken word artist, and entrepreneur, Yellow Davis. He keeps it real, and he helps build relationships. He grew up in the streets of Chicago's South Side and has tried to keep a positive outlook on things and spread that energy to others. It hasn't always been easy, but somehow he made it out. His journey in life led him to many ups and downs. His experiences has made him want to see others have better relationships and stronger foundations. He had to stay strong many times in order to survive the streets and all of the negative energy he has come across. Being a poet has given him the insight to see creative writing from a mental, spiritual, and energetic perspective. It's a great interview. Enjoy. Well, Yellow, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out. I'm looking forward to to talking to you about your life and poetry and beyond. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I greatly appreciate your invitation. Yeah, absolutely, man. So before we get into your life, the creative life, and how you got to where you're at now, we've gone through quite a thing. And actually, today is quite an anniversary for being March 13th. I think this should probably send PTSD through all of us to see this date on the calendar. But how did you survive the last three years with COVID? And how has it changed the way that you live your life now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the... um. The thing with COVID for me was actually just doing a lot of research. My wife and I were doing a lot of research about COVID so that we could actually understand what was going on with it. And it gave us an opportunity to actually spend a little more time together because a lot of the children weren't going to school either. And and as far as getting through it, I did a lot more um, writing, doing more poems, um, writing more poems, shooting more videos. So it gave me a lot of time to get some exposure. So let's just get a handle on what you do day to day. And I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day at an elementary school. And one of the kids looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? <laughs> well, <laughs> what I do for a living, I do two things. One. I'm actually a trainer for CDLs, for commercial driver's license, where I train people to get their commercial driver's license. The other is I'm a published author. I actually spend a lot of time writing um, new books, new poems, um, new motivational speeches, and it gives me the opportunity to get the word out to people and making them feel like really good or having that second thought in their head where they're thinking like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. So let's get to the beginnings of your existence and how all of this began. Tell me where you were born and raised and how these seeds of of wanting to create and write and be a poet, how did all of this become who you are today? <laughs> well, that, that's amazing. So... I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, on the south side, and I was born on that land where the new Comiskey Park was actually rebuilt and extended. Um, we lost our homes. That gave me the inspiration to write. But before that, I was going to a school called Robert S. Abbott. It was an elementary school. My eighth grade teacher found out that I liked to write poetry and actually forced me to be on the stage during an assembly. I was extremely nervous, and I was like, oh, my goodness. 
am I going to be able to do this right? What am I doing? Like super butterflies in my stomach. But when I got finished saying the poem that I did, I literally got a standing ovation and it gave me a change of thought about actually performing in front of people. I still have a little bit of nervousness to this day, but after speaking with, um, the famous motivational speaker, Les Brown, he said that it never goes away. You just have to work through it. And from that day forward, I continue to work through it. In regards to what I've done, and I did different opening acts for like people like Cool in the Game, the Gap Band, I met Charlie Wilson, um, Mary Mary, Johnny Gill, and um, some other famous people I've met. And I performed in different places in Georgia, Chicago, um, also here in Texas. I performed in various places, and it is a phenomenal feeling. I love making people feel good and smile and happy. That's great, man, because sometimes you hear when people are, when, when, when people are kids, you know, they get discouraged, and this just sounds like a really good, wonderful beginning of encouraging your creativity, so that's always really great to hear. Um, so, you know, the one thing that always fuels all of us in our lives are those that we look up to or revere. Who have been role models or heroes for you in your life? Well, my aunt had actually written a um, poem, and she got it sent off, and she actually won an award in the um, California Awards for, for poetry. So when I found out that she had did that and it was actually published, I was, like, extremely inspired to go ahead and write a book. My first book that I wrote was in February 2010, and I did um, When the Tears of Life Play. My second book, that came out um, two years ago, which is called Redeemed Love. And now I'm actually writing a, a new book, and that one is called The Waiting Room. So when my auntie showed that she, too, was poetic, poetically inclined, that inspired me to actually do that because my, grandma, my grandmother raised me. So I wasn't raised by my parents. And when my grandmother would always see me writing things, she would always encourage me to continue doing what I'm doing. Because my grandmother, she had a tough time. She came from a fourth grade education, and she would always read, and she would write things down sometimes. And she pretty much educated herself. And at the same time, she pushed me to continue to be educated and do the things that I need to do in order to be a better person in life. You know, I had a quick story for you. You said Cool and the Gang, and I remember back, I think in 2004, Van Halen did a reunion concert. I took a, a family member, an in-law, an old in-law to the show. They were kind of young, and they always wanted to see Eddie Van Halen live. And Cool and the Gang opened for him, and I've always wondered why. Like, they said, because Van Halen was really flat that night, they said Cool and the Gang stole the show. And I just heard an interview with David Lee Roth, and the reason why they did that is because the very first show that he ever took Eddie Van Halen to see was Cool in the Gang. And that was wow. the beginning of them being, yeah, isn't that wild? So that you would never figure that those two would be paired up. But every time I hear Cool in the Gang, it throws a whole new light on that band and the lore. And um, it's, I guess it's the beauty of life, the stories that happen that we just don't realize. Um, <laughs> you know? So let me.
me ask you this, not even that realm of cool in the gang and, and story and all of that. If you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend a little time with them, who would it be? <laughs> well, it's funny. I actually, at the age of seven, that was my first time actually meeting um, Charlie Wilson. And he was still in the van at that time. And he actually spent so much time with me helping me to develop my skills as a drummer because he had his drummer to teach me how to play drums. And it was so much fun. So if I were to go in that arena, I would definitely look up to Charlie Wilson to be the person that he is today with with the exception of whatever problems that he had coming up or the problem that he had during his career because those are not things that I would ever indulge in, but he is definitely a true inspiration. When I opened for for um Cool in the Game the Gap Band, it was in Georgia, Stone Mountain, Georgia. And he was surprised to see me as a young adult at that time because I asked him if he remembered um talking to a little boy for hours in Chicago, Illinois, right off of um, 75th in Indiana. And he remembered, and he was just totally flabbergasted that that was me standing up there on that stage, getting another standing ovation from a group of people who were literally from all over the place to come out for that particular event. You know, the thing that always strikes me about poetry, and I've written for a long time, I actually got a chance to do my first spoken word, and it was wonderful back in November, and, and I always think about poetry is probably one of the most pervasive and powerful forms of the written word, I think, that humans have, have perpetuated and created, but for some reason, it's that one art where you, people just don't make any money, it's almost like jazz. There's just so much of it that's so vital to our history and creativity, but it just doesn't pan out. Do you ever think about how, what a weird juxtaposition that is? Uh, sometimes I, I think about that, but I think that from what I've learned recently is that a lot of times we look for the wrong crowds to actually get in a position to where we can actually make something from it or be as popular or get the type of recognition that we deserve as poets. And one of the things I learned from um, NDRE was to actually go into um, more studies and more understandings about where poetry has come from and then look into um, industry standards to find out what is the standard for a poet. And when I did that, it actually helped me to get more recognition. Like right now with all of my social medias together, I'm looking at 4.8 million views. People who actually come and check out my poetry and read it. And some of them actually even leave comments. You know, obviously being a creator, you have to have inspiration all the time. But, you know, you also have things you want to do and accomplish in your life. What's an ultimate motivator for you? What gets you out of bed? What sends you through the day? What is the motivator for you? My family is actually my motivation. <laughs> and I'm also a, a self-motivator. So when I get up, and I'm one of the happiest men that I know today because I I have my soulmate, and we've been together for 30 years, February the 4th for 2023, May 30 years. 
I have my children. They have never been in any type of real trouble or anything. And they are all actually doing pretty well for themselves right now. Except for my 13-year-old, he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do. But I kid you not, those things right there are so inspiring to me that it makes me want to get up every day with a smile on my face, telling my family that I love them and giving them hugs. So when you get to the end of that proverbial day, how do you quantify a good day? How do you look back and say, that day worked for me? Well, I actually send messages sometimes to my children because sometimes they're not here. I tell my wife exactly how I feel. I tell my children exactly how I feel about them and what they've done and their accomplishments. And it just makes me sleep well at night knowing that I've explained to them or expressed to them how I truly feel. So, you know, the one thing about life is that the longer we live, the more wisdom and the more experience we gain. And I'm curious, if you have a dream tonight, and you run into the younger version of yourself, say in your 20s, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on this life that you've led, the trials and tribulations you've overcome, the wisdom you've gained. What would you tell that younger version of you? I would definitely say, for one, um, make sure that whatever obstacles get in the way, you don't allow those obstacles to continue to get in the way. And that's by continuously overcoming them and allowing yourself the opportunity and the space to sit back and think for a little bit before moving forward. And once you do get the opportunity to move forward, make sure that you're secure in your decisions and ideas and never let anything stop you. So of all of the comments you had mentioned that you had gotten on your poetry and in general about your writing, what's been one of the best fan letters or responses you've ever gotten? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the best one that I got was literally from um, Mr. Tyler Foley, who actually played in um, Freddy vs. Jason. And him stating to me that he had actually checked out my work and stating that he was a fan, that right there blew me. That had, He literally on cloud nine, like, wow, I couldn't believe that someone would actually take the time out from their busy schedule to read more poetry, especially someone who I feel is doing much better than I am. <laughs> That's cool, man. So when you look back on your life and all of the things you've accomplished and you've done, what are you the proudest of? I am truly the most proud. I'm truly the proudest of all the things that I've been able to do as far as relationship building. Um, people who have been having issues with their relationships, they will come to me and talk to me. And the advice that I've given them, they actually took that advice and utilized it, and it worked for them. Those are the things right there. Those are the moments that are best for me. Those are key moments. And I feel that if I can reach one person per month, that's 12 people throughout the year. But if those people can reach somebody else, then the numbers are endless. So what was the poet or the writer for you early on in your life that you read that has consistently been one of your favorites or an inspiration for you and the way that you approach your writing? My favorite poem, even to this day, is Struggle. 
And that's because for anybody who understands what a struggle has been throughout their entire life, you would know that there's always going to be obstacles to overcome. There's always going to be situations that make you want to stop and just give up. But at the end of it all, if you continue to just push through and continue to keep working towards your goals, you'll learn that all these things are just tests. They're not real obstacles. They're not real problems. But it doesn't become that unless you accept it as such mentally. When you stop accepting those things as a problem or a a block mentally, your life changes. And I mean, it changes for the better. And you have a testimony after that to give to someone else and help them be better in their lives. So everyone out there, Yellow, has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your readers, clients, um, colleagues, but you ultimately are the one that's in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I just say that I'm a person that happens to come along at the right time, at the right moment. And when people come to me and they actually talk to me, they get the type of information that is going to benefit them later on. I don't see myself as somebody super or great or anything like that. I just see myself as a passerby or someone who passes by and gives you that information that you need or that motivation that and then you get that sudden boost, like a like an extra shot of espresso, and you're able to just continue on with your journey. So do you have a poem you want to recite before we get out of this digital doorway here? <laughs> I would definitely love to recite a poem, no doubt. And this is um, the struggle that I will recite. Every day I was told that this right here is a sweet, sweet land of liberty. If this land is so liberal, then why am I surrounded by sin and fallacy? These people use us to shed blood for a country we didn't even come from. They string us along and lie to us about the truth, trying not to make us feel dumb. We live in a society controlled by greed, weed, and drugs. Territorial fools label themselves with tattoos as phony thugs. Peace is an unheard of area in our neighborhood. We live on broken promises that make politicians feel good. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Let no one tell you anything different. The struggle is real. Man, that's wonderful. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting that last line there always reminds me of that line, the revolution will not be televised. Oh yes, yes. You know? So <laughs> yeah. there was a there was there was a guy in Kansas City, man, I can't remember his name. This has been like six or seven years ago. He took over for um a local uh journalist named Walt Bodine and it was called Central Standard. It was just a variety show. And mm-hmm. I think he kind of lost his marbles at one point. And he was in the middle of a, of a show and started just kind of getting a little bit loose. And he just kind of said, 
like before the show was over, the revolution will not be televised, and he just signed off and left. No one ever figured out what happened. He just left his job, and that was it. I will never forget that. Yeah, um, yeah but that, that, that line, I think about it in a poetic sense, is, is pretty magnanimous. But, man, Yellow, thank you for opening up. Before we get out here, I want to make sure that everyone out there can find you on the web if they want to read more of your poems, learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world, where do they go on the web to do that? Not a problem. I am at yellowthepoet.com. That's Y-E-H-L-O-E, thepoet.com. I'm also on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm on so many I'm pretty much on all of the platforms. You can also Google me at Yellow the Poet and you will see everything that there is to see about me, where to go, and please feel free to send any messages, like, subscribe. I'm also on YouTube and I will definitely respond. So in other words, you are digitally immortal for sure. <laughs> 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 Yellow, man, this has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for giving me your story. Best of luck with everything. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you. And you have definitely made my day. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Music.